Welcome to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. We are so thankful that you are listening in. The Neighborhood Church is all about helping people find and follow Jesus. We hope that through these podcasts you are encouraged, that you're inspired, and that you're provided with practical wisdom on how to find and follow Jesus. We hope that you enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back. So now it's time for part two of the parenting message, and I'm really excited to share this with you today. So I'm going to jump right in. Um, The first part of our message was a couple weeks ago, so you still have the opportunity to go watch that if you missed it. But I started our parenting message based in Psalm 127. And I'm actually going to start there today, just in case any of us missed it, we can kind of all be on the same page. So I'm in Psalm 127. This is the New King James Version. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. So thinking of us like arrows and children, sorry, thinking of us as parents like warriors and our children as arrows, we worked with an acronym that spelt arrows. A-R-R-O-W-S. And we began with AIM. And today, I will finish the rest. I shared that AIM was the longest part of this message since we need to know the goal before we have to look at anything else, before we can even consider everything else, because it is what the goal is, this AIM or target that we talked about. And this target that we talked about is not just as a parent for kids. This is for all of us. This message is truly about all of us, that we all have one goal, one target. So many different arrows, but one target. All unique and all different, but one target. And this takes the pressure off for me a little bit. Well, it does for me. I mean, maybe not for you, but I know that there are many things, many important things, but only one goal and that's heaven, and that's walking this life with Jesus. And I've told this to my kids, that this is their goal. This is my prayer for them. And this is kind of how I like to explain it. We, as parents, I'm sure most of you have done this, you have a meeting place for your children. Um, And by a meeting place, I mean you go to the X, you go to the mall, and they're small, and you make a spot if they get lost or they can't find you to go to that spot and wait for you so that you can come and get them. Now, I haven't done this for years because my kids are getting older, but when we were in Disneyland, this was a really big, crazy, busy place. So I had to find that place, that meeting place again. So I did. We found a spot, and I said, if you get lost, if you get confused, if you can't find me, meet me at this spot. So this is how I explain it to my kids. I talk about that meeting place, right? And then I said to them, one day I will be gone, like gone, gone, where you won't be able to find me. And maybe you have lost your way. Let's make a deal. We will meet each other in heaven. That's our meeting place. We will be together again. Meet me in heaven. So our first one from last time was aim. Our target as archers is heaven. So now let's move on to the letter R. So R is for release. Think, let it go, let it go. I'm sure we all know this song. Um, 
but it's true. You need to think of let it go. Similarities in parenting and archery is we must let it go. See, the release is absolutely essential. You have your feet shoulder width apart, your target is set, you aim just right, you've got the fanciest bow, the fanciest arrow, you've even got the wrist guards and a full Lord of the Rings elf getup. But if you don't let that arrow off the string, how can you possibly hit the target? Arrows are meant to fly, they're meant to go. So when reading how to shoot a bow and arrow, in one of the steps, it said, anything that deflects the string from the way you remove your fingers can alter the arrow's course. So a clean as release as possible, that's what we're shooting for. This means being relaxed. And this goes against the norm of the world. I know that. In Proverbs 22.6, it says, train up a child in the way that he should go. Therefore, our job is to get them ready to go. Not keeping, not holding on to, going. It is our job to train them up so you can let them go. Train them up so you can launch them out. This needs to be in your minds as you approach this responsibility. Getting them ready to go. Let it go. And since we learned that arrows can be so different, we need to realize that this can be uniquely different in each child. But the first part that I want to address is too much break is no better than too much gas. In parenting, let's talk about freedom, the power of the choices that they can make. We have seen the parents who give their kids too much gas. So unrestricted, unfiltered, uncensored, unmonitored internet, door closed of their bedroom, train wreck. But what about the equal opposite? The crazy, strict, legalistic parent, not allowed to do anything. They're not even allowed to know what sin is. No preparation for what the kids will have to face one day. So what's the answer? Well, it's a sweet spot in between the two. So Dave Ramsey, who is actually usually always talking about money, wrote this book with his daughter. And in it, they talked about a principle in parenting that they used in their household which I thought was just great. It's actually quite heart-touching, too. And it involved a rope, an imaginary rope tied around their waists. The parents have the spool of rope, and the kids at a very young age know that their goal was to give them as much rope as they could until they came to a place and realized they had too much rope and was making, wasn't making wise decisions. Then they'd have to reel the rope in a little bit. So they talk about that and how they're working towards that inevitable moment of them moving out of the house. And they use these stories to illustrate it. So, 12 years old, your child asks you to go to the movies with some friends. Parents, you've approved of the movie, you're totally fine, you tell them that you're going to come back and you're going to arrange to pick them up in two hours. When you get there, the child is nowhere to be seen. Turns out, when the friends arrived, they decided to go for ice cream instead of a movie. Just a couple blocks away, not the end of the world, but what the mom had said is if you had called from the theater and asked about this new idea of ice cream, what do you think, mom? I could have said yes or no, but you don't know because you didn't ask. Instead, you chose to make a decision with the rope that you have, and you made the wrong one, so you lose a little bit of rope. 
So next time you go to the movies, I'm coming with you. <laughs> now, the same child, older, teenager, asks to go to a party. Okay, where's the party? Who will be there? You approve, so she goes to the party. Someone brings out beer and begins drinking. She starts to feel a little uncomfortable, so she sneaks away and goes outside to call her mom. Mom says, sure, I'll come and pick you up. She was thinking it was a little early, but she goes and she picks her child up. She picks her up, picks her up and when they're talking, the talking in the car, she says, why are you home so soon? And the teenager says, oh, they were drinking, Mom, and I just, it was uncomfortable, and, and I don't want to be around that. And her mom says, you get more rope. <laughs> you get so much more rope. Now she's all grown up. And they're at this big dinner celebration, and she is about to move 250 miles away. And Dave Ramsey stands up with his rope, with ribbons all over it. The ribbons all represented something different. But he says, we have had you for 18 years, and I've given a little bit time in a little, and, in a, and given a little bit at a time, more and more rope. We have been so impressed by the good decisions that you have made and the bad decisions that you have learned from, but now you're going 250 miles away, and this rope is not that long. Your day-to-day -day decisions are going to be yours. And when we believe in you, we believe in you, and here is your rope. And that is what we're going for, parents. That is a clean release. That is letting them go, learning from their good experiences, their good choices, but also their bad choices and their failures. Now, the other R, rhythm. This one's going to be a hard one for all of us, and this does not just apply to parents. The dictionary defines rhythm as a strong, regularly reoccurring sequence of events, actions, movements, or sounds. You need to set the pace, parents. There is a God-ordained rhythm that he wants us to set to our lives, a built-in beat, like a flow. He is not the God of chaos and confusion, but of order. So in our main verse, we're going back to our Psalm 127 in verse 2. It says, it is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. So a natural built-in rhythm that we fight against at our own apparel. Do you get up early? Cool. Some arrows are early birds. Some are excited to get up in the morning. Others are night owls and they sit up all night. This is when they come alive, is at midnight. It's not good and it's not bad to be early or to be late. Every arrow is different. And it's easy to think that someone is doing it wrong just because they don't do it how you do it. So we need to have grace for those who are different. So what this is trying to say is when you get up early, and stay up late, that's bad. Or in the text, the bread of sorrows, not good. Stay up late and get up early is not good for you. And there is medical proof to back this up. From memory to weight gain to skin aging sooner, forgetfulness, lack of sex drive, heart disease, none which God wants for you. So pick one and work out of rest. Instead of thinking of bedtime at the end of the day to recover, how about you start thinking about it as the beginning of the day to work, operating 
out of rest. So in scripture, it says that there is a season for everything. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, to dance, time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. I think we know that one right now. A time to gain, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to throw away, a time to tear, a time to sow, a time to keep silent, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. Do you hear the rhythm in it? This is how God's built things. You need to figure out from God the beat and the, drum and the rhythm to set your clocks and your souls to. It's custom tailored to you. I can't tell you what that rhythm looks like. You need to figure out that for that calling on your household. And then how you set the rhythm of the household to match that calling. Schedule where you go, what you do, and how much you commit to. You are in charge of this. You can feel like you're overbooked and you have no choice. But if you're overbooked, it is no one's fault but your own. Nothing gets put on your calendar without you saying yes or saying no. Oh, pastor, uh, that is so easy for you to say. That is not the real world. Well, this is all I can say to that. We all get 24 hours in a day, seven days a week, every single one of us. No one is the exception. We are in charge of our own calendars. Discover what matters the most. Do it first and then go from there. Time is the most precious. This isn't like money. You can't save it. We, we cannot save it for later. Every day it becomes less and less than we have. Be selective how you hand it out. We will never find time. We must make time for what matters most. And from the beginning of the message, we have determined from AIM that we were to seek God first and his righteousness and kingdom. Seek these things first then everything else is added to us. Sometimes we do everything else first and give God what's left over. And this is tragic, but often the norm and something that I am guilty of too. God first, let's see this in your calendar. Where does God get first place? First things that usually get cut are often church or time with God or a neighborhood group or your youth group. We just don't have the time we tell ourselves. But what I found with time and finances is that 90% with God helps and it goes much further than 100% on my own. So schedule, plan. Well, how do I do this, Pastor Yasmin? How do I do this? Well, I believe it all starts with prayer. Start each day with this. And then when you're looking at your schedule, plug in time with God's people. Learn God's word each week. Before facing the week, go to church. Schedule to be involved in groups. This is where relationships happen. It's not just sitting in rows or watching online. It's being a part of a circle. Schedule time to serve. Honoring God by serving. Be so, so careful not to cultivate a consumer mind. It is so easy these days. Don't think get and not give. Balance your work, plug it in. Then, some family dinners at home. 
at the table with no distractions. I schedule a minimum of three of these per week. Oh my goodness, pastor, I am so busy. That does not work in my life. Make it work. This might freak you out. I can't do that because it would change my whole entire life. I know, I get it, that was me. But that's kind of the point. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Then, of course, some not so often stuff or so often things you would want to plan is to schedule some family days. Sometimes these can be so amazing. They can be big. They can be small. You can plan a vacation if you have the funds. Maybe you need to do them at home or in the city or at a lake. But plan for these once in a while, once a year even. Then prayerfully consider, this is the last thing, prayerfully consider what extracurricular activities you want to bring into your home. You have control over your schedule. Remember that arrow is pointed towards the kingdom. Aim your home around that. Now discipline, the one everyone hates to talk about. There should be a rhythm of discipline. And it's essential in shooting an arrow towards the target. Proverbs 13, 24 says, those who spare the rod of those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. It's an act of love. Proverbs 3.12 says, For the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child whom he delights. Lovingly correct him. And then Proverbs 19.18 says, Discipline your child while there is hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. The way to destroy a child is to not discipline them correctly. And that could be no discipline at all or ruthless, vengeful, angry discipline. Both of these will destroy them. Because I'm not talking about punishment. I am not. It is discipline which is an aspect of training. And this is very different from each arrow. You don't want your child to be released into this world with no discipline. This is required in our world. Rhythm of rest. Take a day off. Take time off. Take a vacation. Rest. Work. There needs to be a balance. Take care of yourself and have time for one another. Give them a good version of yourself. Let your life breathe. Recenter your world and what matters most in your life. But allow for some breathing room in our houses. You need some space, some blank space, white space, Pastor John likes to call it. Not going from one thing to the next. And you need to master the the difficult art of doing nothing. Now we move on to the letter O, opponents. So the dictionary defines opponent as someone who competes and fights against you. An enemy, a rival doesn't agree with what you're saying and doesn't like what you are doing. And so they resist you at every opportunity. And I'm not talking about our kids. And we see in this text, in verse 1, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Something's being attacked. Something is being protected, defended. Then the last verse in verse 5 says, he shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So family, battle, walking in relationship with each other, and it's war. 
Christian's life is a battle. Not of flesh and blood, but this invisible battle of the enemy. And the home front is the front line of this battle. The enemy will attack us viciously and savagely at our homes. It goes after our marriages. It goes after our relationship with our kids. Because if he can put out the power there, it can't spread anywhere else. You want to be a great man or great woman of God? Love your wife and love your husband. You want to be used by God? Love your children. It starts at home. Because if it isn't working at home, why in the world would God want to export it? It starts there. And remember, you will have opponents. So if you are an archer, and this is a war, this is your wake-up call. Our aim is to get our arrow, our target, at heaven. And there's so many things, so many distractions. But the kingdom of God, that's where we're headed. What isn't the bullseye? every single thing else everything else many good things but not to seek first all these things and can be added to you once you seek first the kingdom of god jesus first marriage and then our kids in that order and your schedule should reflect that there will be many things that evil will use to stop us that's why we're talking about opponents here. And the devil wants to use everything. And this could be as simple as having you running around doing so many things and keeping you distracted. But there are landmines in the paths of our children and ourselves. They're facing internet pornography, uh, eating disorders, artificial ideas of beauty, attention to looks and what others think. No absolute truths. Everything is just gray. STDs, value in the temporary, instant gratification, this just do it mentality, over-sexualized in our culture, this fake sex, not the sex that was designed by God, family breakdowns, bullying at school, online and social media, everything they can do can be recorded and be posted. Every single thing they say, everything they do. Disease, racism, viruses, options of religions, guns at school, sexual and physical abuse, mental health, which can lead to suicides and cutting and harming themselves. These are very uncertain times we're living in, parents. And I can go on and on and on. This is tough, and it's our job to try to keep them safe. It's tough, but we are their watchmen, and watch we must. It's what we allow in our homes. We must watch. Evil can't come into our home. We have to allow it in. A watchman has two jobs. To warn when danger is coming and to inspect who is at the gate before you let them in. So the watchman says at the gate, close or open. That's what we need to do. Parents, we are their watchmen. What goes in and out of your home Remember, we need to be careful here, though, because, like I said before, there's such thing as too much break and too much gas. We need balance. You need to release them, remember. So you need to find the balance so you can protect them, but also guide them to make the decisions on their own and also to trust God to protect them. We can't do this alone, and often it feels impossible how do we activate God's protection over our household? 
Well, in verse five, it says, because if God does guard the city, we can speak to our enemies in the gate. If God is guarding the house, only the blood of Jesus Christ can do this. Shed upon our hearts, shed upon the life of our families. You can try all you want. One day, you will be gone. One day you'll disappoint them. One day you'll fail them. But if they have come to Christ, you have done your best to win their hearts to Jesus. Even dying is gain. They will inherit the kingdom of God and have eternal life. Now remember, there is power in the access. Notice it says in the gate. Follow Jesus personally and publicly. As long as we have them, I ask you, repeat it time and time again. Never stop. In the car, in the house, when you're out, the word of God, all over your home, Bibles, whatever it takes. All the time. And it has been said that it takes a village to raise a child. And I've said this many times, and I believe it. But you've got to choose the right village. Who you do life with. Not your friend, not your kids' friends, your friends. Who do you spend time with? That's your village to help you raise your kids. W, we got work. Relationships take work. Marriage is not for the faint of heart. Raising kids is something that is so not easy. It's 100% effort in both of those relationships all of the time. And in verse 1, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain. Awake in vain. Don't build your house without God. Don't labor without the Lord. It's in vain. You're, you're wasting your time because that's the bullseye, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, trusting in the Lord with all of your heart, not leaning on your own understandings. We acknowledge him in all of our ways, believing that he will make our path straight. Heavens, the bullseye. The goal is being like Christ and being with Christ forever. This should affect every choice and every decision of our homes. And to not do so, not build your life in a foundation of Christ, not make the gospel the center of your life, what does that do? That is to build in vain. Now, I tell you this because it really makes me feel better. Good parents are made. They are not born. And this was super encouraging to me when I was young. This takes hard work. Don't get me wrong. You need to do the work to keep improving. There is no parenting gene. Sure, some are more natural than others, but we can all fight to be good at it. If you can start out as a bad parent, you can start out as a bad parent and end up a better one. I know there are many here that might feel some guilt from that or heartache from this or regret with this heaviness. Um, If I could have or if I should have or, I mean, it can go on and on. But we're all a working progress. And I'm going to tell you today that it's never too late to build a legacy that you will be proud of. God will bless your efforts. Scripture says in Proverbs that the path of righteousness is like dancing, is like the dancing sun that gets brighter and brighter and brighter until the perfect day. So keep fighting for that perfect day. Now the last letter, the letter S, my favorite letter, is special. Special think moment maker. Each and every day looking for special moments for your kids to see Jesus and not you. 
to see the face of Jesus fresh each time through you. So I looked to Jesus when he made moments. And as I read scripture, I noticed that he did three things every single day. He created moments, he received moments, and he rescued moments. So let's talk about those created ones. See, these ones we get to control. So we like these ones. These are the ones every day. So birthdays, fun moments, uh, graduations, engagements. These are the ones that flood our Facebook feed and are so awesome to see. Jesus always made moments about others and not about himself. I saw this commercial for extra gum. And I got so emotional when I watched this commercial. It's hilarious. Anyways, and it's really, really shows this created moment well. So we're going to watch this really short video here um, to show this. So for this to happen, we have to be intentional. All these moments can add up and spill out. And Jesus will spill out everywhere they go. It's just beautiful. And received moments. We aren't in charge of these ones. You need to catch these moments. These moments we weren't expecting, but everything can change in these moments. Because someone gave a moment to us. We need to pause and we need to receive them. We go, 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 go. And sometimes, honestly, we just need to be quiet. Just to shut up and listen. We can learn so much about the face of Jesus from our children. George, when he was little, he was absolutely in love with Elmo. Everything Elmo. He was about, you know, that two to four-year-old age. Well, Sesame Street came to town, and we wanted to make a special moment for him. Although it ends up being a received moment, but we were planning for a special moment. Um, Counting down the days to this concert, I was just so excited to take him. Well, when Elmo hits the stage, you're going to see two pictures come up on the screen. And in this first photo, this was what he looked like for the entire concert. He stared. He was mesmerized. He was in that pose, didn't move. And then the second photo is when it was all over. (laughs) What in the world did I do wrong? This was supposed to be the most amazing day for him. He cried so much all the way out to the car. Why? I kept saying to myself, I just don't get it. Why are you crying so hard? He cried all the way to the car and still, still looked so sad when we put him in his car seat. And you'll see that in this picture. Why in the world are you crying? Like, honestly, I was getting a little annoyed in this moment. I was getting frustrated and I was really embarrassed because I just dragged my three-year-old out of the event that was supposed to create this happy, special moment. Why, oh why, I finally say to George, are you crying? And he looks at me with that sad little picture like you just saw in the car seat and says, but mom, I just love him so much. A received moment. God said to me in that moment, shh. And he spoke this into my heart. He said, this is the passion I have in my heart for you. I took that moment, I received it, and I said, I love you that much too, and God loves you even more than Elmo, Georgie. And for that moment, he got it. 
at three years old and me, we got it. Received moments. We must pause and we must take these moments. Rescued moments. These moments can be tough. Life is not just fluffy moments. Things are not just easy. These are hard moments, tough moments, sad and sometimes very unfair moments. And they're not ones that we plan for. We need grace in these moments for each other. What does it look like to rescue a moment? Well, there's a story in the Bible about Peter who walks on water towards Jesus. Peter becomes very frightened and then he begins to sink. He took his eyes off of Jesus. Don't take your eyes off the face of Jesus in these hard times. Even if you're scared, you're mad, you're sad, you name it, keep your eyes on Jesus. And remember that miracles can happen and they do happen. Open your heart and open your hand and you will see Jesus in these moments and not us. They, your kids, will see Jesus in those moments and not us. And sometimes, just sometimes, God takes all three of these moments and wraps them up in one nice little bow. Look for them every day. Find one of these moments in each and every day. Let your child see Jesus through you. So now I wrap up. So let's remember where we began. Heaven is the goal for our family. Plant this seed deep in their hearts. Let them know the goal, the target. Let them know you trust in Jesus. Tell them we will be there for you. We're going to prepare for you. We're going to even save for you as much as we can. We're going to monitor your internet. We're going to have your passwords. We're going to know your friends. And there will be no secrets in this house. I'm checking the gate. This will happen. Things will happen. Good and bad. You can tell them that. Let's prepare them to release them, to let them go. Figure out a rhythm that works for you and your family. I'm checking the gate for the opponents. I'm doing my best to find a balance between God and family and work and rest. Take time to find moments to reflect Jesus. Take time for each other and just reflect Jesus. Turn them towards you and their maker. But... If something happens to me, I will meet you in heaven. Let's pray. Oh, Father God, parenting is such a big responsibility. And I thank you that we get to do it. We don't know all the answers. I don't know all the answers. But you do. There is so much in this world, Father, that distracts us or that can hurt us. We look to you today and every day for your wisdom. Help us point our arrows, our kids, to you and others to you. Reveal to us the will that you have for each of our households. And then we can plan everything around that. Help us know the things to say yes to and the things to say no to. Put the right people at the right times in our path, Father. We thank you for your grace. We thank you that we can be together forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are so thankful that you've listened in to the Neighborhood Church Podcast. 
If you have questions or comments about what you've heard, we would love to hear from you. Go to the podcast description and follow the link to get in touch with us. Everything we do would not be possible without your generosity. If you would like to give, check out that same link in the podcast description. If you have enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.